Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the podcast, guys. It's always such an honor to have you join me here for the conversation. And at the point that I am recording this, I just returned from two weeks of ministry in Ghana, West Africa. And so if you're new to the podcast, I'm the founder of Voice of the Voiceless, which empowers women and children in Africa. And I work especially with pastors' wives in rural regions to empower them through small loans, microenterprise programs. In fact, I had the joy of sitting down with about 35 of the 80 women across the Northern region who have been impacted, heard some of their stories. It's always such a blessing for me to see lives that are being changed and 20 new pastor's wives are joining the program. And on top of that, we were able to launch a new education initiative while we're there, a partnership with Ascent College. So many exciting things happening. And I'm just blessed to be a part of it. Africa has blessed me and impacted my life just as much as I pray that I've impacted the lives of some of those that I've had a chance to meet. And so at this point, I've had about 20 trips to Africa, and I've seen firsthand the impact that our investment of resources can make. So this is not something I've just done once. This is a lifelong commitment that I have. The ministry that God has entrusted to me the burden and the passion that I have for the people of Africa. So I'm so excited and I'm so honored to launch a new partnership today right here on the podcast. You're the first to hear about it with Compassion International. And in a few moments, I'm going to share how you can partner with me and sponsor a child in Ghana, right where I just came back from. Some of you follow me on social media. You saw our crusades in the village You saw me leading worship. You saw the women. And you can not only now pray, you can partner with me, boots on the ground, and sponsor a child from this country that I love so much. I've been to Ghana more than any other African country. So this is a joint sponsorship now, a partnership with Compassion and Voice of the Voiceless. And when you hear the stories of children whose lives have been changed, you know this is a crucial way that we can make our lives matter for the kingdom. Today, guys, today, my special guest was one of those children that we're talking about. She is Compassion alumni, Nora Burungi. Nora Sinkaba Burungi is a resilient amazing woman. And she is the youngest of six children born to a Ugandan mother and a Rwandan father. She was raised in Kampala, Uganda at the height of civil conflict. If you've studied anything that happened in Uganda and her father served in the Rwandan army until he and his entire family were killed in the 1994 genocide. Her mother's job as a hairdresser was insufficient to provide for the family. So Nora's brothers went to work at a young age to help out financially. She and her siblings lost the opportunity to attend school due to lack of resources. And this is far more common than you might believe, especially in rural parts of Africa. 
overtaken by a strong sense of hopelessness and despair. She felt her life had no value or purpose. Well, when one of her mother's clients learned that Nora wasn't in school, she connected her to a local church for assistance, and that began the change for Nora. She was sponsored into Compassion's Child Development Program through that church when she was 10 years old. And guys, it will help you to know that Compassion works directly with local churches on the ground. She was able to return to school. She received a quality education. She learned values and life skills, and she was introduced to the transformative love of Jesus. Through this leadership development program, Nora had the opportunity to attend Uganda Christian University. She obtained her bachelor's degree in social work and social administration. And now she lives right near me in Germantown, Maryland, with her husband, Godfrey, and their three beautiful children. And by God's grace, the hardships she endured have made her strong and resilient rather than bitter and despondent. And maybe we've not grown up in Uganda, but guys, we've all experienced hardships that could have made us bitter. And I want you to lean in for this conversation with Nora, because no matter what we go through, we can choose to put our faith and hope in Jesus Christ, and we will develop resiliency. God can use us as we make our lives matter for the kingdom. Now she's a powerful advocate for children and the marginalized. She enjoys speaking on poverty, vulnerability, health and wellness, and her personal journey from desperation to hope. Welcome, Nora. It's such an honor to have you here on the show. Thank you so much. And I'm so honored to be here. and so happy to share my story with you. Mm, Well, thank you. Well, we've shared just a little bit about it in that intro, but I want to hear so much more and I know our listeners do. So tell us what it was like for you growing up as a child in Uganda, especially in a place that was really ravaged by poverty, the horrors of Mm -hmm. war. Walk us through what that was like for you. So growing up was not easy because um, I grew up in a very big slum, one of the biggest slums in Kampala. Mm. And like you said, I was born to a Ugandan mother, and my father was of Randy's origin. So my father was a soldier, and he was a very good father who really wanted us to grow up like normal children. Mm. He tried his best to provide all our basic needs. I mean, even if his job didn't allow him to stay with us, so he only made occasional trips. And every time my father came back home, he made it so memorable for us as children. At least I remember as a child seeing him coming back home, I knew I was going to have a good meal and I was going to have some bread on the table. I knew he was going to carry me around and we walk around. I know how it feels like for a child to be around their fathers, that security And also being in a slum where it was full of crime and a lot of things. But when dad is around, you feel that comfort, you feel that security, you feel you have it all at that moment. Mm. So my father was really, really very good. And he tried his best as a father to take very good care of us. And there were six of us. So he really did his best. On the other hand, my mother was um, a hairdresser. And by the time I was born... The country was at the height of civil conflict, so it was so hard to even work because there was so, I mean, it was so insecure for everybody to work. Like you would hear bullets everywhere, Mm. so it was not safe at that time. 
and my mother was just a hairdresser at her friend's saloons. So her job highly depended on how safe the city was at that time. I remember my mom's job really didn't bring in any income because I remember as a child, it was even so hard for her to really take care of certain basic needs. Mm. So dad had to do everything, everything. He used to send money and he would come at least every month he came twice. So he used to make sure that, you know, everything is taken care of. And my mom could try, like, you know, because she had a small job. She really tried, but I could see my dad had the full responsibility of taking care of all of us. So as time went by, my my dad's trips stopped and then his support started to dwindle. And that was because of the civil conflict in Rwanda that led to the 1994 genocide. So one time I remember I was with mom and we just seated there because every time she kept her radio on to hear what was going on because there were no phones, there was nothing. So mm. the only thing she could run to was the radio to hear what was taking place in Rwanda. And that's the time when we knew that the war was there mm. and it was so hard. So one time we were just there with mom. Mom was so anxious. Dad had spent like three months without coming back home. That's when a friend of his who survived the genocide came and told her that my father and his entire family had been killed in the genocide. Mm. I saw my mom freezing. Yeah. Everything stopped at that moment. Mm. Everything for her was not making sense to her anymore. Mm. I can tell you that that's when everything took a terrible turn. Yeah. Life took a, a terrible turn for us. Mm. There were six of us. My mother's job could not take care of all our basic needs, including school, I mean, school materials, scholastic materials, food, house rent. Yeah. It could not take care of anything. It could not take care of anything at home. So my brothers and me, all of us had to drop out of school because of lack of school fees. Yeah. And I remember I stayed home as other kids went to school and that deprived me of my self-esteem. Yeah, You know, growing up in Islam and you see children getting, I mean, dropping out of school and getting into early marriages, getting mm. pregnant and having babies at a young age, mm. I started seeing myself getting to that route. Mm. Not that I wanted it, but when you're a dropout, I mean, you're a school dropout, mm. anything can happen. Yeah. So growing up was so hard because I always felt so unsafe i felt so unsafe because there was very were in a place where there was a lot of crime so being a, a girl child was so hard to grow up and you don't feel like anything would happen to you at that moment you're not sure about your tomorrow you're not sure what is gonna be of your life you don't know how your future is gonna be like mm. i was so desperate let me tell you it's so sad to see a child at 10 years being so desperate. Mm. It's, 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 it's one of the saddest things that I would never wish for any child. Mm. I can't tell you how many times we got kicked out of the house because of house rent. As a child, I feared to be homeless. Mm. 
Wow. That was my greatest fear. Yeah. I'm not going to school. We are getting kicked out of the house every time. Mm. I I was, I mean, all the time I was in tears. Yeah. My brothers dropped out of school. They started going to building sites to get something for us at home. And that was also the hardest thing because my brothers were very young. At that age, they needed to be in school, but they couldn't. There are times when we could fall sick, and the only thing my mother could afford was paracetamol, which is Tylenol. Here they call it Tylenol. Mm. No matter what disease you had, mm. that's the cheapest we had back then, and aspirin. So we never saw doctors. You could fall sick, and sometimes even the money to buy the medicine, the Tylenol, is not, it's not there. Yeah. So we'd be there and cry. We went to bed without food so many times. Those were so countless. And mom could come back home. We would sit there. There is nothing. And I could see my mom crying sometimes. And it's so sad to see a mother go through such pain. So life was really, really, really so hard. Because at times I could go to bed and I asked God, why? Why is life like this? Mm. Why am I so unhappy? Why why don't we have food? You go to your friend's house, they have food. I, I mean, they're trying, but at least they have something to eat. Yeah. And back home, you have completely nothing. You go to bed just with a cup of water. Mm. That's how hard life was. Mm. Yeah. And it's really hard for us, Nora, here in the United States. And I know people are listening all over the world for this podcast, but it's hard for us to really relate to that Mm. level of desperation. I mean, that is deep levels of desperation. And yet I Mm. see you now, your beautiful face, your family, and and there's a lot that had to happen between that moment and where you are now. There's a lot, not only that you had to say yes to God in those Mm. moments where you could have become so bitter, so angry, and there was a lot that had to happen for other people to step up and to be obedient so that their decisions affected you. These are no fault of your own. This is you're in the middle of a civil war. You're mm-hmm. you're the recipient of just the the occurrences of what's going on around you. We find yourself as a mm-hmm. 10-year-old girl trapped in this situation. So how did that change? When did the church become involved? Had you ever gone to church at that point? Were you were you involved in church up to that point? No, not at all. Not at all. We're not involved in church at all. Wow. I didn't even know where a church was. But I could hear, oh, there is a church up there. But we didn't know because my mom didn't have the time. She was, she thought she was busy hustling. Yeah. But she just didn't know God at that time. Yeah. So what happened was, and I keep saying this to my friends sometimes, that there are situations that God brings into our lives, and then he's, he's just looking for that testimony. He's just He just wants to do something good for you that you go and testify about. Mm. And I also keep telling my friends that God cannot tempt you more than your ability or more than what you can handle. Yeah. That day we had gone to bed without food. And I always say God did it on purpose so that I meet my miracle. I meet the guardian angel mm. that he had prepared for me. We went to bed hungry the previous night. 
completely nothing, no lunch, no dinner. How do you go to bed with totally nothing? Yeah. There was totally nothing. And I woke up very early in the morning. I was crying. I was so hungry. My tummy was aching. Something was not right with me. I felt like I was sick. Yeah. I decided to go to my mother's workplace. She was not, I mean, she didn't allow me to, she was not want me to go there because it was not safe for me to cross the road. But I just risked and said, no, I have to go and tell her I'm hungry. So -hmm. when I reached there, I told her that, mom, I'm hungry. And I was crying. And my mom pretended like she didn't hear me. So the lady she was working on heard me and she asked her, hold on, didn't you hear her say she's hungry? Mm. My mom dropped everything and she started to cry. I saw pain in my mother's eyes. Even even as I speak right now, I still feel that pain. Mm. My mom was, she real cried. Mm. I saw sadness in her face. And then she told the lady that I was not going to school and she had nothing to give me to eat. That's why she was so sad. Mm. The woman was so merciful. She told my mom, I'll give you something to eat, but I know the church down here called Nakar Baptist Church. They're helping children. They have a compassion project, a compassion program that supports children like Nora. Mm. The first thing I asked her was, Will they take me back to school? She said, oh, yes. That's what they do. Oh, my goodness. My mom said, let's go there right now. (laughs) Let me tell you, we ran out of the saloon like crazy people. My mom didn't want to lose any opportunity. I didn't want to lose. Once I heard that they they would take me back to school, Mm. we ran to that church. And every time... I always say to myself, actually, it's then that I got the meaning of compassion. Mm. Because the moment we reached there, I saw compassion. Mm. First of all, the first thing I felt was the aroma of porridge they were making. Mm. That just hit me and I'm like, "Mm, that's a good smell. I remember I was so hungry. And then a very beautiful lady came running to me. I mean, I was in rugs. I was dirty. People don't want to associate with poor people. Like, you, you look like a homeless person. You're in rugs. You look so dirty. I mean, no one wants to even be next to you. Mm. But she came running to me. She hugged me. And she asked me, oh, would you like to have a cup of porridge? I felt so loved. <sighs> like, somebody in her clean clothes just to hug me. And my mom, I mean, that was so special. Mm. And I said, of course, I want a cup of porridge. Mm. And I'm like, how did they know I was even hungry? So I went and lined up and had my cup of porridge. I always tell people that this was the best meal that's ever happened to me because the porridge had milk. Mm. For me, that milk made that porridge so special. Mm. We were so poor that we could not even afford a quarter cup of milk. Wow. So for me to find it in porridge, oh my goodness, made it so special. Mm. So I had my cup of porridge and a banana. And I mean, I had two cups. I won't lie about that. Yeah. <laughs> I had to eat some porridge. <laughs> and then I went into a line that changed my life. 
the line was too long and they were registering children. And the lady kept saying, don't worry, you're rich. Every child here is going to get a sponsor. Every child here is going to get sponsored. Mm. And the lady asked, do you know how to pray? My prayer. <laughs> I didn't know. I said, yeah, I know. We went into the line and they registered me. I went, I call it a golden list of mm. compassion. That golden list of compassion assisted children. Oof, that's where my name was. Soon oh. after getting registered, they took me back to school. Like after two days, like after two days. Wow. They took me back to school. They got me all my scholastic materials. I looked so smart in my uniform. Mm. And then every Saturday we used to come to the program, the compassion program. And then after like, I think it was a very short time, period of time. I don't even remember. But I remember things were just happening instantly. Mm. They came and told me, hey, Nora, there is a couple, Jeff and Bonnie, chose you to be the sponsored child. I'm like, what? I was so happy. Mm. And God used Bonnie and Jeff to love me. Wow. They didn't know me. They had never seen me. They just saw my photo. They loved me so much. Mm. I remember, you know, every time I think about it, I ask God, what kind of heart did you give to Bonnie mm. and Jeff? Mm. Bonnie loved me so much, mm. so very much. She always wrote to me letters. And I always highlighted them because three words or three things or three phrases never missed in her letters. She told me she loved me so much. Mm. She said, Nora, we love you so much. Mm. We believe in you and you'll make it. Mm. Three things. Those were very powerful. Mm. And I can assure you, every time she wrote to me, those words never missed, and I always highlighted them. Those mm. words made the world to me. Wow. What is... Nobody had ever told me that they loved me. Mm. People who didn't even know me, who didn't even see me physically, just saw my photo, they loved me. Wow. They believed in me. To me, that was so powerful. Mm. I was very poor. I was a very desperate kid. I had nothing. Mm. They believed in me and they told me that I'll make it. Mm. Just those words made me read so hard not to disappoint Bonnie and Jeff mm. because I knew they believed in me. They loved me. I'm special. I didn't want to disappoint them in any way. Yeah. They always say, God bless Bonnie. Mm. Till today, I send her a message and tell her, Bonnie, God bless you so much. You don't know what you did for me. So after that, after having my beautiful sponsors, Jesus Christ came into my life. Mm. I didn't know Jesus Christ. I struggled so much with unforgiveness. Mm. Just thinking of the life I was going through and losing my father who yeah. did everything for me, mm. I really struggled a lot. But the pastor, and I always thank him, was, he's, he's still there, Pastor Peter. Mm. He always preached about forgiveness. Wow. And he said, if you do not forgive, you never be forgiven. Mm. That's when I forgave the people who killed my father and his family. Mm. 
Mm. And I decided to give my life to Jesus Christ. Mm. And God is so amazing. Because of compassion, my mom came to Jesus Christ. Mm. My mom didn't know Jesus Christ. None of my brothers and sisters knew Jesus Christ. Nobody. But every time I came to the compassion program, I went back home with the word of God. Yeah. I fell in love with the man, Jesus Christ. Mm. I went home with the Bible. Compassion gave me my first Bible, translated in my local language that I understand. Mm. So every time I go back home and give the Bible to my mom, and I'm like, Mommy, this is what we read today. Read it to me because I didn't know how to read that time. Mm. And my mom could read, could read. And then my mom got interested in the Bible. She started reading the Bible by herself. I think mm. the stories were so amazing. Mm. My mom started coming to church. Later on, she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Today, I have a sister who is a pastor. Oh. Because of the impact that compassion did for wow. me. Wow. We used to go to bed without food. I used to be so worried and scared that one day they're going to kick us out. And then, you know, we shall get, you know, anything can happen to you yeah. in a slum. But co when compassion came into my life, everything changed. Mm. They gave my mom capital to start up her own business. Mm. And that business changed my family's life. Mm. My mom was able to take us, I mean, take the rest of my siblings back to school. At least we could afford three meals in a day. Life totally changed and compassion changed our life. Mm, mm, mm. I changed it forever. Yeah. Wow, Nora, what, I mean, it's not even, I don't, I don't even want to say what a story because it's your life. It's your story. And I'm just so deeply honored that you would bring us into your moments. I mean, we are, as I'm listening, we're, we can smell the porridge. We, we, you know, we, we, you're, you're, you're bringing us right there. And I, I can't help but wonder, had that woman in the salon not given God her yes, had had Bonnie not given God her yes, had the pastor, you know, mm -hmm. your story could be so different. There are so many girls like Nora, guys, as mm -hmm. we're listening, who, if someone doesn't intervene, you know, the end mm -hmm. is very different. The end is trafficking. The end is poverty. The end is gangs. The end is, is not, it's not hope. And, and so that's why the ministry, the mission of Compassion International is so critical. It's so pivotal because it's not just feeding. It's not just school, which those things are so critical because education is so paramount, especially in the life of a young girl, you know, offering that education. The first thing you wanted to do is, can I go back to school? And I love that because I work closely with women and, and to see them empowered through microenterprise, educated, Further their ed education, knowing that they have value, they have dignity. Like you said, just knowing someone believes in you, you know, mm -hmm. we know what that feels like. So imagine what that feels like to a 10 year old child who doesn't know if or when her next meal is going to come. So mm -hmm. it's, it's an honor for us to, to hear your story and to see now how you've chosen forgiveness. You've chosen the same love that you were shown. You've chosen now to be an instrument and an agent of that love. And, and that's a mm. choice that you made. And I honor that choice in you, Nora, because you could have chosen other things. And yet we know that if we hold on to bitterness, if we hold on to unforgiveness, it does block that flow of blessing in our lives. And, 
And just to, to see your life now, to see the ways that you've been blessed, you went on to be able, I got to watch a video. I got so emotional, but you had the opportunity to meet them, right? You met Bonnie and her husband. What was that like for you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> One of the most beautiful surprises I've ever had in life. Yeah, they surprised you. You didn't know it was happening. I did not know what was happening. Oh, I was called to go and share my story on a compassion event. So uh, I thought it was a normal event. But this time it was in a different setting. It was like in a studio. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know anything. Then I'm there trying to give my testimony and trying to talk about Bonnie. Because every podcast that I did or any event I went to, I always said I want to meet them. Mm. I always said it. Wow. So... Even in that podcast, no, at that moment when they were uh, filming me and taking my story, I don't know why they were even taking my story. I didn't ask. I mean, this was a surprise. I didn't know anything. I'm in cameras and I'm talking and they're telling me, what would you like to tell Bonnie? And I'm like, "Uh, I'm looking for them. I want to see them. I'm here in America. I want to see them. Mm. Then Bonnie is right here beside me. Oh. And she's like, what if I tell you I'm right here? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. How many years did they... So they sponsored you at tw- at 10. How many years did they sponsor you? Um, they sponsored me at 10 until I was 21. Wow. Because at 21 is when you get out of the program. You age out. That's and by that point, you've been going to college. You were in college at that years. point. Yes. So they took me through a time. Mm. Yeah. In Northern- and surprisingly, say that again. I got to, surprisingly, I got to know that Bonnie was just 20 when she chose me to be. Yeah, I saw that in the video. She was young. Yeah, very young. 20 years old. Yeah, she's wow. just 10 years older than me. <laughs> oh. Yeah. What that says to me is whoever you are that's listening, I don't care if you're 20, you're 80, Mm -hmm. like you can make a difference. And sometimes I think we see Compassion International, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you've been in an event, or maybe this is your first time hearing about it. We can think, you know, are these, who are these children? And like, these are real families and real children. I have been on the ground. These are real stories. And it's, you know, the ministry of compassion is, it's so vast and it is so, it has so much credibility because of women like Nora. And and we see your strength. We see your resilience. Women like Bonnie, Mm -hmm. who at 20 years of age said, yes, Mm -hmm. I will step up and sponsor and uh, I, I just, I'm so riveted to actually meet and hear your story because I, I know firsthand being in Africa, what a small amount of capital can do to change someone's life. We don't think that here because we think in America, it's got to be thousands and thousands of dollars in order to make a difference. But you know, covering school fees, paying for the, for the meals, making sure they're getting to, to church, to school. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's life changing. These are life changing choices. Nora, for people who might be listening that are considering sponsoring a child, what would you want to say to them in this moment? I'll tell them to do it. Mm. When you do it, you change a child's life mm. because there are so many children who are going through what I went through. 
and even worse things. I had a mother around. There are children who completely have nobody. Mm. They don't have a mom. They don't have a dad. And they're desperate. They're, they're hopeless. They just want somebody who will lift them up. Just those words, just to tell them we love you, believe in you, you'll make it. Mm. Those words can push a child going. If a child knows that they have a meal on their table, that keeps them going. If a child knows that their school is taken care of, because children know the importance of school, of education, when they know that somebody is going to take care of that, their heart is at rest. But just imagine a child who is 10 years or even below, because Compassion picks up children from three years. Mm. And there's also another program, yes, three years or from birth, I don't know the real age, but I think it's from three years up to nine or ten. Imagine that child growing up, being desperate, hopeless. They don't know where their meal is going to come from. They don't know whether they'll go to school or not. They don't know how their future looks like. They just don't know. They're just there. I have children who are 11, 9, and 5. I see how happy they are, and and I thank God. Because they've not had, they've not gone through what I had to go through. Yeah. I just imagine such a child, a five-year-old, not knowing how their life is going to be. I asked my children, I asked my five-year-old, what would you like to be when you grow up? And it, she tells me, I want to be a doctor, I want to be this, I want to be that. Every day it changes. For a child who is not even going to school, such dreams are not there because they don't know what they want to be. Because they are hopeless. They don't know if they can even become that. But if they get somebody who can help them, somebody who can lift them up, I call it lifting them up and restoring their hope, mm. that child will have a future like I had. I didn't have anything. I was in rags. But compassion, Bonnie, helped me. Mm. And today I have a bachelor's degree. Mm. I never dreamed about it. I never hoped. I never thought I would even be here. And probably I wouldn't even be here in this great nation, the United States. But I'm here because somebody lifted me up, because somebody picked me up. Somebody saw that cry, the pain, and said, yes, I'll help this child. Mm. I encourage you to help a child, sponsor a child, and God will greatly bless you. Mm. Amen. Amen. My husband and I just became sponsors ourselves. And and there are more Bonnies in the world. I believe that on this, as you're listening, and people Mm. that are seeing this on social media, you, you can be a Bonnie. For, for Honora, there are ch- so many children waiting to be sponsored. And uh, Nora is going to pray for us in just a moment. But I want to just share some practical ways that people can be involved. You know, Compassion helps over 2 million children in 25 countries working exclusively through the local church. Like I mentioned earlier, you can trust where your money is going. They oversee Mm -hmm. what is happening just as what exactly you you heard Nora describe. They release children from poverty and teach them about Jesus. What a critical component. This is not just a social justice program. This is a program that introduces them to the love of Jesus Christ. And that Mm -hmm. is the greatest thing we can ever give someone. But we don't want to just tell them about Jesus. We want to provide for their needs. 
And, you know, we can think about how disrupting and frustrating COVID-19 has been for us here in the United States. But think about, guys, how devastating it has been for those that are already living in poverty, pushing millions of people to the brink of starvation because of food shortages or lack of money to access food. Since many are out of work, I'm hearing this all over the world. We're still in the fallout from it. So compassion is there on the ground. They're helping the churches. They're helping communities, helping the children to live with food, hygiene essentials, medical care, financial assistance. They also ensure that these children have an education, so critical and ongoing member mentorship. And most importantly, each child has the opportunity to hear and receive the good news of Jesus. She got a Bible guys. She got Nora got a Bible in her own language. I cannot tell you how valuable this is, how critical Mm. this is for children in, especially in vulnerable countries and vulnerable communities. So I want to invite you to sponsor a child. I want you to partner with me. We can do this together. I want us to see every child in Ghana sponsored with compassion and the ministry of voice of the voiceless. So because God has given me a specific call and burden for the people of Africa, and we have planted a church in Deboya, Ghana, our ministry is specifically providing hope for children in Ghana. So what does sponsorship look like? You might be adding, guys, it is only $38 a month. $38 a month to provide food, medical care, education, discipleship that these children need. Some of you listening can sponsor multiple children. You could easily sponsor three, four, five. How about Nora in honor of Nora, six children, because she came from a family of six. That's only little over a dollar a day. To rescue a child. I had a Starbucks this morning. It's about $6 almost now, five over $5 for a Starbucks. That is a handful of Starbucks coffee a month that we can go without. And there's, and we can rescue a child, change a child's life. And so there's two mm-hmm. ways today that you can sponsor a child right now. Maybe you're listening and you're driving. Listen, take a minute. You can literally just pull out your phone and you can text voice, V-O-I-C-E for voice of the voiceless, voice to 83393, text voice to 83393. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And you will be sent a link to a child who's been waiting the longest. Then you click on the link and you fill out that form to complete your sponsorship. Listen, don't just text that will not complete the form. You have to fill out the form online. The texting is just an easy way for you to get access. If you're at your PC or you're near it today, you might just want to go on to my website, angeladenadio.com. All the information is there. You can look at pictures of children. You can see where the Lord leads you. You can go to compassion.com forward slash Angela Donatio. So there's a myriad of ways you can text voice to 83393. You can go to my website or if you want to you know, learn more about compassion, go to compassion.com forward slash Angela Donatio and you can sponsor a child. You don't have to wait another minute and you're going to be the Bonnie You're going to be the Bonnie to somebody's Nora. Some child right now is going to receive the help, the hope, the encouragement, the, the, the reminder that they are loved, that someone believes in them. Thank you, Nora, for what you've deposited in us today. You know, we need these reminders. Sometimes we get 
you know, upset because our gas prices are going up. You know, we look at the gas pump, we look at, you know, injustices, we get frustrated, but what we're talking about here is we're talking about things be way beyond inconveniences. We're talking about people's lives literally hanging in the balance. And I, I always want to keep us reminded that life is so much bigger than what we see right here in our own four walls. There are people all around the world that need you. And what, what is needed most is a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and compassion makes sure that every child hears about Jesus. So Nora, thank you so much. Thank you for the way you're making your life matter for the kingdom. Thank you for your voice in our generation. Thank you for representing those who don't have a voice and what that means to us and for challenging us to step outside of our comfort zone. Let God use us the way he used Bonnie, the way he was using so many and now the way that he is using you. So I just want to invite you to pray for us and uh, pray, especially for those that maybe are feeling the Lord's leading to step out in Mm -hmm. faith in this way. Right. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this time together, Lord. We want to thank you. I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my story, King of Glory. And I want to also thank you for Angela, for the heart she has for the list of this, Lord. And Father, King of Glory, I also pray for everyone who is listening in, King of Glory, and those who listen in later on, Lord. Father, I pray, King of Glory, you bless them wherever they are, Lord. And Father, King of Glory, may they find a message and something out of what my story is, King of Glory. Father, King of Mighty, I pray, Lord, I know that you love children, King of Glory. Mm -hmm. We pray in the name of Jesus that there's so many children out there, Lord, who are suffering, who are going through hard times, Lord, King of Glory. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you'll use your people who are listening in today, Lord, to choose a child, King of Glory, and and save them, King of Glory. May them. May they sponsor them, Lord, and change their lives, Lord, like Bonnie changed my life, King of Glory. May you use them, King of Glory, to lift up these children and restore their hope that has been that has been lost, King of Glory, in the name of Jesus. And may you bless them. Whoever will choose a child to sponsor, Lord, may you bless them. And even those who might not be Lord, able to sponsor any child, bless them, King of Glory. And Father, may you be their provider, Lord, King of Glory so that they may be able to sponsor the children and not only change their lives, but change even everything around them in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, King of glory, I pray for your protection upon all the children who are going through hard times, Lord. Father, may you protect them. May you have them in your hands and keep them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. We pray and believe. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.